This is Big Sky Lead, a dive into the stories about how government and politics drive the direction of Montana. This podcast is from the reporters of the Montana State News Bureau in Helena, your eyes and ears on state government. It's produced by me, Tom Bridge. Our team brings you an examination of Montana's new landscape with new laws, a new governor, and a new Republican dominance across all of state government. During the legislative session, a program that hasn't ever really been in the spotlight before got a lot of attention. It's the Comprehensive School and Community Treatment Program, also known as CSCT. It's a program that provides behavioral health treatment to students while they're in school during the day. There's been long simmering funding problems for the program that finally came to a head over the last year. Lawmakers thought they had created a fix for things this winter, but now it's looking like that might not be the case. Holly, you had a story this week that gets into the funding issues around this program and why schools are worried about paying for it. And it looks like one school district is going to pause services for this summer because of all the uncertainty. Can you start by explaining how we got here? Yeah, so this is a really kind of complex history. This program was created in 2005 through administrative rules. So the health department created it it wasn't something like that's in state law or that the legislature did. And going back to 2013, so that's eight years ago now, the state was told by the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid that the way the program was paid for in Montana wasn't acceptable to them. Mm-hmm. And how it worked is schools put up a third of the cost for these services, but they did it with this, it was called an in-kind match. So that could be laptops that they maybe already provided the kids for something else or even just the physical space where treatment was so it wasn't actually money schools were putting out so the health department went back and forth with the federal government and there were a little bit of discussions in legislative sessions between 2013 and 2020 which is when the federal government said look we told you years ago this funding model wasn't acceptable we're not going to allow anymore so Mm -hmm. 2020 is when we hit the hard cutoff That happened in the middle of the pandemic. So the state health department came in, used money in their budget to pay for the school's matching share to continue these services. And they defended that when the legislature found out about this year saying, look, it was a pandemic. We wanted kids to keep getting mental health services. So we did this. The legislature is pretty upset because their role in all of this is they appropriate money. And they feel like what the health department did was appropriating money and kind of overstepping their role. So. That happened in the summer of 2020, came to the legislative session, and that's where lawmakers sort of found out about this problem and started talking about ways to fix it. So I guess I'm wondering, what do the services look like? They're pretty unique. Um, In this case, the school district serves as the Medicaid provider, Mm -hmm. and they contract most of them with a behavioral health provider, so mental health centers around the state, those sorts of places. And those therapists, they can be either licensed or they can be in training and under supervision. They come into schools, they work with behavioral health aides, and they're oftentimes in the classroom or have dedicated space in the school. So if a kid is struggling in class, the teacher can have that service provider come in and work with the kid right there. I talked to one teacher who has kids in her class who use this program, and she was saying it's super helpful because she's a teacher and she does a lot of counseling type role, but she's not a trained mental health professional. So having that person come in can maybe save that kid's school day. You know, they can turn Mm -hmm. it around, they can be back in class, still engaged. So it's 
super helpful and also you know parents don't pay for it so it's helpful for parents who can't afford that and also like you think about your parent you go to work it's really hard for some people to like, take a kid to get mental health services during the day so it being in schools was a really critical part of it do we have any idea or indication of how many kids um, use the program yeah so I asked the health department and they gave me numbers for the 2020 fiscal year there's about 4,535 students in 300 schools around the state that used it. So pretty fair amount of kids are accessing those services. Okay, and do, do we know where DPHHS got the money from? Yeah, so when they picked up the tab, what they said is they took money the legislature had appropriated for other Medicaid programs that went unspent. So, you know, they were saying that hospital services were down, a couple other places, you know, during the pandemic, people weren't seeking healthcare as much. So the state had some extra cash that it just moved around their Medicaid program. Okay, so now explain why this is all coming to a head right now. Yeah, so what we hit July 1st is the start of the new fiscal year. And that triggered two things. One is the implementation of a bill passed this last session that gives the Office of Public Instruction a much bigger role in how this program functions. So the State Health Department still has to be the lead on the Medicaid stuff because they know about Medicaid. That's not really in the wheelhouse of OPI. So they're the ones that are going to negotiate with the federal government going forward about what our match is going to look like. But in terms of you know, running this, making sure schools are getting things done properly, now that's under the Office of Public Instruction. Also, as a start of new fiscal year, so that means that the money the state health department was paying for these services stopped. And what we switched over to now is there's about 2.2 million in stopgap funding the legislature appropriated to help schools during this time right now to kind of help pay those costs. The health department came to the legislature asking for like 22 million to just keep paying for the program like they had been. The legislature said, nope, we want the schools to provide some kind of match, but we're going to give them this $2.2 million in gap funding to kind of get them through while we kind of try to hammer out what the deal is with the feds. Schools are really worried that funding isn't going to last. Um, I talked to Missoula School District. Their budget for this is about, you know, almost $600,000 a year. So, you know, this stopgap funding is meant to just get schools through to the start of the school year, but if you look at, that's just one school district in the state. Right. So 2.2 million, you know, most districts think isn't gonna last very long. Now you may have covered this at the top, but can you just touch on it again, why or, or how um, it got switched from DPHHS over to OPI? Yeah, so legislators are pretty frustrated with how the health department handled just using money in their budget and spending mm -hmm. it for this. So I think that was part um, just the legislature saying, look, we don't like how you handled this. We're gonna also, we're gonna take it away from you a little bit. But mm -hmm. also I think you know, there's been discussions in sessions past that this is, a program that's in schools, so it does maybe fit with the Office of Public Instruction a little bit better. You know, they have, you know, well, the health department, their wheelhouse is Medicaid. OPI is talking to school districts all the time, all day long, so they've got that really good relationship. Okay. So okay. sharing a little bit more, but managing under OPI for sure. Okay, and you kind of touched on this, but what? how are school districts reacting that, that you spoke to? Yeah, so where I saw this story is a parent from Belgrade posted a letter from the service provider there saying that they weren't going to have services this summer and then the school district or the superintendent sent out an email after that to parents saying look because of the change in funding with the state we've been told 
we might end up being on the hook to pay cash mm -hmm. for this third of the cost that we need to cover, but we don't really know right now. So with that uncertainty, we're not going to do services this oh. summer. We might get them fixed, we're not sure. I talked to the superintendent for this story, and he was trying to meet with the service provider to try to broker some sort of deal where they could keep things going during the summer, but it doesn't sound like that's happened. I haven't connected with them since then, and parents still say they're not having kids in services right now. So districts are just, they've been told by OPI that for services they provide, they should keep in reserves that third of a cost of it in cash in mm -hmm. case they need to be paying it. And they also just don't know what kind of deal we're going to have with CMS, the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid going forward. So what even the provider rate's going to be. There's just a ton of uncertainty about the cost of the program for districts. Okay, so school districts got all this money from the federal government in several rounds of COVID aid packages. Why can't they just use that for, for these services? Yeah, so that's something superintendents I talked to said, you know, parents would come back to them and say, look, you got all this money, why can't you just pay for it with that? And the deal is when you're putting up matching dollars for federal program, because this is a Medicaid program, you mm -hmm. can't use federal dollars to be a match for oh, okay. a federal program. So one district, Missoula, is saying what they can do with that money is just go hire therapists on their own right. you know, outside this program. So they're looking at doing that. And the, or the superintendent was saying, you know, that's, that's a good option, it's not a replacement. You know, we'd still like to figure out. But generally, districts are saying that they've been told they need to come up with this third matching funds from their general fund budget, which you know, can be pretty tight for school districts maybe. You know, like look at Helena, they you know, have operating levies they pass all the time. Like mm -hmm. School districts aren't flush with cash, so coming up with that money is pretty hard for a lot of them. So, so it sounds like we have some confusion and some school districts trying to find solutions, um, but w what's next for all this? So what is happening now is the health department is trying to set up a funding model that's acceptable with this Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. Okay. So they're going back and forth on that through waiver process. That can take, you know, some people I talked to for the story said, you know, anywhere from four to six months. Oh, um, wow. And a lot of people were frustrated because you know, they've known this is coming all the way back since 2013, so why they couldn't come up with some sort of deal, that's unclear to a lot of people. So that process is going on between the state and the federal government. There's an interim education committee that meets July 14th that yep. has been asked to sort of look at what's going on. Cause there's a lot of like lack of clarity for me in reporting this like nobody really knows what that next step right. is other than that waiver needs to get hammered out they need to set the provider rate so the rate that like a person who's providing these services is reimbursed so say right now maybe it's a hundred dollars for you know x amount of time of services with kids that number could change it could be 70 it could be 110 that's not set so districts don't even really know what their oh. cost is going to be there okay um and the other thing that people really don't know is how long that matching money, that $2.2 million is going to last. But right. most people seem to think it's not going to last through the summer. So a lot of question marks going forward. Wow. Okay. Uh, th thanks, Holly. Um, that's been another episode of Big Sky Lead, folks. Uh, if you want to keep hearing this, make sure to subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Thanks. Thanks, dude.